Hallelujah. So good to see you all tonight. You know, say with me, I'm going to a whole another level. Yeah, I said that right. <laughs> not not another level, another level. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you have your Bible, let's turn to John chapter 6. And what I'm going to be dealing with this morning is the very thing that will take you to another level. <laughs> it's going to take us to another level. Hallelujah. How many people want to go with me? Amen. Amen. I, I'm, I'm believing that, that just our Wednesday nights, you know, and it won't be long, that our Wednesday nights will be just as big as Sunday mornings. Amen. Amen. Because people are going to be hungry for the word. Amen. Hallelujah. Vic, Vic, you did an awesome job last week, by the way. Amen. That was a great word last week. Amen. So good. I believe uh, Brother Eric will be ministering next Wednesday night. Hallelujah. Um, let's see. John chapter 6, verse 66. Um, thank you, Lord. It says, from that time... Now, th this is one of the most saddest scriptures in the Bible to me. It's one of them. There's, there's some sad scriptures, but this, this, is, this is one of them. And you're like, there's sad scriptures in the Bible? Oh, yeah. This is, this is one of them. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, do you also want to go away? Man, th think of that statement for a moment. From that time, many of the disciples went back and walked with him no more. No, so even saying no more, I, we might even say they might, these 70 disciples that walked away could have been ones that even when it came to the, to the seeing the 500 or the 120 that were then following him after those course of their days and, and saying, hey, go to Jerusalem until you're due with power. They might not even have been in that group. So here it says they walked with him no more. So in order for us to go to higher places and new level, new levels, it's going to require what I want to call tonight a greater level of commitment. Let's go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verse 31. It says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed on him, if you abide in my word. Now, the King James says, if you continue in my word. So here it says, if you, New King James says, if you abide in my word. Abide means to, it's not just, it's not just, I came to visit. It's not it's just like, hey, I showed up, I show up every now and then. No, when he's saying, if you abide, he's saying, this is where I stay. This is where I hang out. If you continue, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. So this also lets me know into something else that, that every Christian is not a disciple. Not, not every Christian, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're a disciple. Because what makes us a disciple? We abide in the word. 
We continue in the word. If you continue in something, then it is a, it is a decision of commitment. If, if I continue, it's like if I continue to work out like I need to, like I should. Right now, Justin's not continuing. <laughs> Someone asked me, have you been to the gym? Uh, I think it was Han- Hannah, uh, they go to the same gym. He goes, hey, have you, you been to the rec center? And, and, uh, and, and she goes, there, there's a guy up there I met. His name's Scooter. And, uh, and I was, he goes, Scooter thinks you know you. I said, well, sorry, I haven't I've been to the gym once in like, like two months. So, so it's like, she called me out, man. <laughs> I wasn't continuing. But, but the point is, is if we continue in the word... If we abide in the word, we'll be disciples indeed. What makes us a disciple is what we continue in. Thank you, Father. If you abide in my word, you're my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. Now, think about that statement. His, if... I continue in his word, I'm a disciple. And if I continue in the word, I'm going to know the truth. And the truth is what makes me free. So that lets me know that truth is transformative. You want change in your life? Truth. You want to fulfill your destiny? Truth. You want to walk through the storm that you're walking through? Truth. It's, it's, it's the very thing that's going to transform my life. So a disciple, someone that is a disciple is someone that continues in the word. And the one that continues in the word will know the truth. And the one that knows the truth will go to another level in their life. So if, if I am in bondage... And, and I want to go, and I want to go here, but yet I'm in bondage here, then something's keeping me from going to here. So, so truth is what makes me free. So truth now has the ability, once the truth has come and it brings freedom, now I can come up to another level. Why? Because the truth is what set me free and it's continuing in that truth. So, so a disciple is someone that continues in things. A disciple is a learner, a follower. They're not just a pupil, but they're an adherent. They're an adherent. What is an adherent? Someone who supports a particular party, a person, or a set of ideas. So if I'm a disciple, then I'm not just a pupil because, you know, there was a lot of classes I went to in school. Sorry. I mean, my son's in Algebra 2 right now. Algebra 2 was a long time ago. But I probably, um, you know, there was this, this girl I knew in school. Her name was Jana. And Jana got me through high school. <laughs> she wasn't a girlfriend. She just always sat next to me because we had alphabet, you know. And so, so I, I was, thank, I was thank, thankful that her name was close to my last name. Because Jana got me through school. <laughs> she helped me pass Algebra 2. 
So I wasn't a disciple in Algebra 2. Now, you talk about sports. I mean, PE, I aced it, man. I mean, come on. I, I mean, sci- I was great at science because I like science. I, I, I like those things. History, I mean, I could tell you, day, I, I love history, but because I continued in that, right? I, 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 I paid attention to that. But just because you're a pupil, a, a, someone that sits in a classroom, someone that sits in a chair in a church, doesn't mean you're a disciple. I mean, I, I know people who've been coming to church for 20 years, but yet they still haven't changed. They're still mad at the same people they were mad at 20 years ago. They're still offended at the last church they left. But, but see what I'm saying? So you can sit in a church and still not be a disciple and yet think you are. Amen, Pastor Justin. Thank you, Jesus. See, it's, it's the pastoral anointing coming on me. It's just... Discipleship is about being developed. And I don't know about you, but I want to be developed. I don't want to stay where I am. We go from glory to glory, right? Faith to faith, strength to strength. So what does a, what does a disciple look like? Let's go, to, uh, let's go to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Verse 11, it says, so when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. They forsook all and followed him. So what does this mean? Now, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to bring condemnation to any of us here. The point is, I want you to see what a disciple looks like, because I believe in each one of our lives, there, there are some things that we need to forsake. Right? There's, there's things that you need to um, give a little more room, make a little more room for. So here, what does it look, what does a, deci- a disciple look like? There's someone that forsakes all. So what does that mean? Um, in, what, does that, what can that look like in my daily life? I wrote this down. That they forsook all and followed him. So when you become a disciple, your priorities change. They forsook all and forsaking all means your priorities shift. Things that used to be important to you no longer are important to you. Things that that you couldn't wait to do before and and now you can't wait to do those. Why? Because there's a priority shift. There's something something more. Why? Because you are getting new information and the new information that is discipling you is all of a sudden now, all of a sudden now saying, wait a minute, there's something else that's a greater priority. A disciple is one that makes great commitments and, and also makes great submission. If your priorities haven't changed yet, you're probably not a disciple yet. If our pri- I'll make it make it me. If if my priorities haven't changed yet, 
then I might not be a disciple yet. I mean, think now the whole thing is, is we're on a journey. We're, this is, we're walking with God, right? We're walking with the Holy Ghost. We're walking with the Word. We're, we're disciples and there's things over my life, over a period of my life where, where when I first got born again, you know, you know, there were some things that I forsook. I, I, I totally left town. I, I moved an hour away. I, I changed my friends. I changed relationships. I changed where I was working and, 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 and all of a sudden. And so, and so that was good for a period of time. But then I know the Lord was calling me up to another level. And so next thing I know, there was some different priority shifting. And then, then all of a sudden, you know, those priorities shifted and then it was like, okay, then the next thing is, hey, you need to, um, you need to quit your job and move to Texas. Okay. And so, so, but the whole point in order for me to, for, to go to the next level, there had to be some things for, to, for, for me to forsake to get there. You know what? I can't live in Maryland and Texas at the same time. Sometimes some people want to think that they can stay where they are and still fulfill their destiny. Some people want to want to want to want to want to see miracles, but they don't they don't want to change their appetites. So so the thing is, if we want another level, there might be some things that we need to forsake to get there. And I'm not talking about trying to condemn you that you might be in sin or anything. That's not the point. The point is going to another level. Paul said, all things are lawful for me. Meaning I can I can do whatever I want to do. I'm not I'm not in bondage to anyone. He says, but not all things are expedient. Meaning, meaning I could do all those things, but it may hinder my testimony. It may hinder my purpose. It may hinder where, who I'm supposed to reach and who I'm supposed to touch. So, so we have to understand there, there has to, if I'm going to be a disciple and I'm going to continue ultimately in that along my way of continuing the word, it's going to shift my priorities in my life. Paul compared his life to, to a different, uh, a couple of different things. So, uh, go to First Corinthians chapter nine. First Corinthians chapter nine. So, this is Paul and how he was comparing his walk with God and telling the the church of Corinth. How, how should they be living? Because we're talking about commitment, a new level of commitment to go to a new level. Verse 24. He goes, do you not know that those who run in a race all run? They all run. But one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. So let me ask you a question. Will everyone obtain their prize? Some, some, I used to look, there was a part of my walk with God that I, I felt that, that okay, well, if, if God wants to make it happen, then God's going to make it happen. And it doesn't really involve me. It's like, okay, I'll go to church and then eventually I'll get to my destiny. No, he says, run in such a way that you may obtain. So I have to ask myself, Justin, right now, 
Am I running in a way that will cause me to obtain the prize? And if I'm not running in a way that's going to cause me to obtain the prize, what do I need to change? Maybe there's some baggage I need to let go of. Maybe I'm holding on to too much stuff. Maybe I'm too busy looking at other people running. Maybe I'm comparing his outfit with my outfit. You see, so, so running in a way in such that we would obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, or in this way, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body. And bring it into subjection. Lest when I preach to others, I myself should become disqualified. Wow. So he compared this life of being a disciple of, of someone that's running a race. Let's go to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. I like Wednesdays. Annette calls them Miracle Wednesdays. Hallelujah. It's a great name. Hallelujah. Being able to just take the time to teach the word. And you and us taking the time to hear the word. I love hearing other people minister the word. Because it, it refreshes me. Hallelujah. Where did I tell you? Second Timothy? Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Let's just start from verse 1. Chapter 2, sorry. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Thank you, Pastor Annette. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses. Now, we're seeing Paul write to Timothy, which is a son. So we could, saw, we could call Timothy a disciple. Right? So he's telling them, be strong in the grace that is in Christ. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses. So the things you've heard. This is discipleship. It's continuing in the word. So Timothy, hey, you're my son. Continue in the word that I've spoken to you. Things that you've heard. Commit these things to faithful men. Who will be able to teach others also. Meaning, meaning if you're a disciple, you're not just receiving, but you're also releasing. See, ultimately, someone is being discipled. Ultimately, God's going to put people in your life for you to disciple. Don't be a dead sea. Verse 3. You, therefore, must endure hardships... As a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You therefore must endure hardships. I don't like that word. You must endure hardships. If you're going to do an endure hardships. It's going to take a commitment on your part. Because I'm telling you. When difficulties come. It is so easy to throw in the towel. It's so easy. Quit and give up and go home. And say I'm not playing anymore. You therefore must endure hardships as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. A good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now listen to this, verse 4. No one engaged in warfare 
entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Wow. Now here, so he, he talked about a runner running, and now he's talking about a soldier that's in, in, a, in, a, in, in an army. And so a person that's fighting, a person that, that is doing, they're not, they're not entangled in the affairs of this, of this life. Why? Because they're focused on the mission. Even though they might think about home, they might think about the, 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 their, their wife or their, their husband or their children at home. At the same time, they can't be doing the same thing that everyone else is doing. They have to be alert. They have to be on watch. They have to have, they have to have the person on their left and their right. They have to have, they, they have to be engaged. So, so here it says, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. That he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer must be first a partaker of the crops. Consider what I say. So here he's taking practical examples that, that what? A, a, a runner, an athlete's going to have to be committed. A soldier's going to have to be committed. And you know what? A farmer needs to be committed. They, they, they're going to have to plow when no one else is plowing. It's going to be harvest when everyone else is asleep in their beds. They're going to be out harvesting. Why? Because they're committed. And this is what Paul is telling us of what disciples should and how we should be living. Hallelujah. Now I'm taking this step by step. So a disciple is a learner. They're an adherent. What do they look like? They're someone that has, they're, they're someone that has forsook all, meaning their, their priorities have changed. What does that look like? It looks like a runner and it looks like a, a soldier. It looks like a farmer. Why? Because they're out to, uh, you know, a runner's out to win a race. A soldier's out to win a war. A farmer is out to reap a harvest. So why, why should we follow? I'm glad you asked. Go to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. Are you getting something out of this tonight? Say, I'm going to a whole nother level. Thank you, Father. Luke chapter 6. Now, when I saw this scripture, I can't remember how many years ago it was, but it was like, I was like, whoa, that's for me? Because when you truly understand why, why I'm a disciple and the result of what a disciple is, Luke 6, let's see, verse uh, 39. Jesus is here and he said he speaks a parable to them. He says, can a blind lead the blind? Okay, let me make this statement. Some, Some people need to stop being discipled by the wrong people. The blind can only lead the blind. So who are you letting disciple you? You're like, well, he's not talking about, he's, he's not talking about uh, disciples. Yes, he is. Why? Listen, can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into the ditch? A disciple, now listen, this, is not above his teacher. The disciple is not above his teacher. Too often people come to church 
And they think they're above everyone else. I, I, I will never put myself on a pedestal greater than you. But listen to what it says. It says, a disciple is not above his teacher. Now listen to this. But everyone who is perfectly trained. Perfectly trained. Will be like his teacher. If you're perfectly trained, you'll be like your teacher. So when we talk about discipleship. And this is, this is, I believe, referring to Jesus. Jesus is telling the disciples, you'll never be above me. But once you're perfectly trained, you'll be just like me. You'll be just like me. You'll be just like me. One that's perfectly trained. So, so the thing is, is... is it's not up to the teacher to be the disciple. It's up to the disciple to be the follower of the teacher. So the issue isn't the teacher. The teacher is, are you going to stay long enough to get perfectly trained? But when you're perfectly trained, you'll be like your master. You'll be like the teacher. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it's possible. To be like the master. That's what this scripture tells me. It's possible. To be like Jesus. That's what Jesus was telling the disciples. You can be just like me. But you have to follow. Let's go to 1 John chapter 2. First John chapter two. I can be like Jesus. If I continue in his word, I'm a disciple. And if I continue to be a disciple, I'll be perfectly trained and I'll be just like my teacher. Hallelujah. Thank you for the word. Mm. Let's look at verse, mm. verse 3. Now by this, chapter 2, verse 3. Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Now listen, but whoever keeps his word. Whoever keeps his word. We could also, who continues in my word. Who abides in my word. But he whoever keeps his word. Truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know. That we are in him. He who says he abides in him. Ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Right. So if I abide in him. Then I'm going to walk just like he walks. So this is just a complimenting scripture of what we just said. He who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. Here, he, if I abide in his, his word, it's perfect, his love's perfected in me. By this we know that we are in him. And he who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. So if I'm his disciple, then I need to take on the mantle that I can walk like he walks. 
Do you see that? Let's go to Ephesians 5. Bren, son, I went home to change and so he, was like, he goes, so how many scriptures do you got tonight? I said, I, I think like 20. I don't know. We'll see, we'll see, how, see how many we get to. But It's moving along quick though, isn't it? You receiving something right? Ephesians 5, verse 1. Therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. Be imitators of of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also loved us and given himself for us. An offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me take this and I'm going to read it backwards in, in segments here. Christ loved us. And has given himself for us. That's commitment. So you're saying we ought to walk and be imitators of God in the same way. Meaning so, so if I'm a disciple, then it would change my priorities. And it will change how I, how I walk and how I live. How I treat other people. How I talk to other people. How I connect, how we connect with each other. But this is all about continuing in the word. Because if I continue in the word, then I become like my teacher. And if I become my, like my teacher, I walk like my teacher and I do what my teacher did. And what did he do? What did he do here? He gave himself. Does that make sense? See, this, this is about going to another level. Thank you, Father. I'm going to shift direction just a little bit. Deuteronomy chapter 12. And when the Lord took this, me, I, I, sometimes I'm just like, Lord, I, I believe that you'll just connect this together. Deuteronomy 12 verse 8. Verse 8 says, You shall not at all do as we are doing here today. Now think about that statement. You, you shall not at all do as we are doing here today. Meaning, don't follow my example. But what does it say? Every man doing whatever is right in his own eyes. For as yet you have not come to the rest and the inheritance which the Lord your God is giving you. Meaning if you're going to do things, if we're going to do things based on what's right in our own eyes, we won't receive the inheritance. Now let's go to Judges verse 21, chapter 21. Judges 21. Thank you, Father. Judges 21, verse 25. In those days, there was no king in Israel. And everyone did what was right in his own eyes. 
Now think about it. There was no king, and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. In their time, a king was everything to them. The king, and they're just like if we look at King David, King David was, was a king, but he was also their image and, and what they looked at as God. This, this was their view of God. This was their relationship with God. So it was saying here there was no king, and because there was no king, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Meaning, if you don't have someone discipling you, then you're just going to do what's right in your own eyes and you'll never see the promise. That's really, that's really what this is saying. But I want us to know that we have a king. We have a king. And if we continue in the king's word, then we'll be his disciples indeed. And we'll know the truth and the truth will set us free. So when, when, when people are doing what's right in their own eyes, it's because, it's because they don't have an example to follow. So we have to be committed to the king. Thank you, Father. That makes sense? Jesus is our king. He is our standard. The king sets the standard for the kingdom. The king sets the standard for the kingdom. We have a king. He set the standard. Through the grace given to me, I am like he is. If you have no standards, then you'll do whatever. We have a society that has no standards. We have, we have an education system that, that is refusing to hold up right standards. We have figures in society that aren't holding up right standards. But we, as the body of Christ, as disciples of Christ, we have a standard. Another way of looking at this about having a king is we have the prototype. Jesus is the prototype. <laughs> See, you, you want the finished product to be like the prototype. You want the, fir- the, the first one that was made. You, you want the second one to be like it, the third one to be like it, the fourth one to be like it. Jesus was our ultimate example and he is our prototype and we are to be like the prototype. We have a king. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Mm. Verse 14. But you must continue... You must continue. Timothy is Paul's disciple. Remember he said, follow me like I follow Christ. But you must, Timothy, my disciple, must continue in the things which you've learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you've learned them, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Continue in the word. Continue in the word. Now there's four things, four points I want to give us, and this will be real quick. What areas do we need to commit? The first one, Rashida, can you put up 1 Kings 8, verse 61? The first thing that we have to do if we're going to be disciples, number one is commit your heart. 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 61. Let your heart therefore be loyal to the Lord our God, to walk in His statutes and keep His commandments as, as at this day. Let your heart therefore be loyal. King James says, let your heart therefore be committed to the Lord. Commit your heart to the Lord. Actually, I think it's the, um, I think it's NIV. Commit your heart to the Lord. Um, go to Psalms 37 verse 5. The second thing is you have to commit your way to the Lord. Psalms 37 verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him and He shall bring it to pass. The next one is found in Proverbs 16 verse 3. Proverbs 16 verse 3. Commit your works to the Lord, and your thoughts will be established. Wow. You have a hard time with your thoughts? Maybe commit your works to the Lord. And the last one, and I, I, I'm sure there's others, but the other ones is 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. This is commit a life of faith to finish your course. So if we're going to be disciples, we need to commit our heart, we need to commit our way, we need to commit our works, and we must commit our life of faith to finish our course. And I believe as we commit our way, our works, our heart, a life of faith to finish our course, I believe it will take us to another level. It will take us to a whole nother level. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for the challenge that it brings to us. I thank you that your word equips us to do battle. Your word equips us to stand and in having done all to stand, stand therefore. Father, right now, we commit our lives to you. We commit our ways to you. We commit our heart to you. And we commit our life to you. Lord, we commit ourselves to your word. To continue in your word. And as we do, I thank you, Lord, that we will be just like you. As we continue in your word, Lord, I thank you that we will think like you. We will talk like you. We will walk like you. We will be just like our teacher. Have your way in our lives. Take us higher. Cause us not to... Help us to just have the ability to commit ourselves in such a way that we refuse to stay in the same place spiritually. Lord, you know where each one of us are in our spiritual walks. And I thank you that you're speaking right now. And you have been speaking in our lives. 
whether it's great things or little things, but whatever it is, Lord, I know it's taking us higher. It's taking us higher. It's taking us higher. Lord, because I want to be just like you. We each want to be just like you. We want to be just like our standard. And you're our standard. We want to be just like the prototype. I thank you that Jesus was, Jesus, you were the firstborn of many brethren. Lord, so I thank you that we take this position just to come up underneath you and to be just like you. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Receive this word tonight. Hallelujah. Say, thank God for the word. It's changing me from the inside out. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father.